welcome to State of the Revolution, the Michigan Progressive Podcast. Uh, I'm Benjamin Klon. I'm Dinah DeWald. I'm Matthias Brimmer. I'm Alex Sahori. I'm Mitch Sukan. We are coming to you from the studios at The Fledge in Lansing, Michigan. As we tape this, it is Sunday, June 30th. And thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, please subscribe to our show on iTunes and Spotify, wherever else you get podcasts. You can find us on Facebook at State of the Revolution. You can also follow us on Twitter at SOTRPod. And uh, you can subscribe to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Michigan Progressive. So just a few days ago on Thursday, uh, Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel filed a lawsuit in the Ingham County Circuit Court to decommission the Enbridge Line 5 oil and gas pipeline that goes through the uh, Straits of Mackinac. Yes, Queen. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, if it's if the suit is successful, then it would also block Enbridge from digging a tunnel beneath the Straits, which they say would safely encase a replacement pipeline uh, to remove the possibility of a catastrophic oil spill. Awesome. Um, I really am pro- stopping an alternative to a catastrophic oil spill. Right. Well, this this comes after um, uh, Enbridge filed a lawsuit against the state of Michigan. Um after in that this come, also comes after they walked away from negotiations with Governor Gretchen Whitmer. What was really funny about Talk this? Shit hit, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was really funny is that a spokesperson uh, for Enbridge said, "Quote: We are disappointed. The state chose not to yeah. accept our offer to advance talks on the on the Straits Tunnel. You filed a lawsuit. <laughs> right? You guys are suing us. <laughs> Why do you make me invade Bulgaria? I had to do it too." <laughs> <laughs> Why do you make me? Yeah. This hurts me as much as it hurts me. I also love, though, that they're like, they're really tight on their talking points. They're like, we have a project that would make a safe pipeline even safer. It's like the Titanic. Mm. <laughs> it's like the Titanic, but instead of like reaching out, holding Jack's hand, you're just destroying our only drinkable water. Right. <laughs> yeah, that actually, great that, movie. that'd make a great movie. I would, I would love to. Uh, know what the uh, PR rollout for the Titanic would have been if there was Twitter. Like, we have one of the safest ships, and uh, we're going to make it even safer after we do these icebergs. <laughs> they would have, like, like, had half of the tickets just for, like, Instagram influencers, probably. Well, I mean, it was kind of like that. And then they were like, okay, now all the pores can go, like, at the bottom where it's hard to escape. If the state would just negotiate with us, we would have had more lifeboats. But we had we were really strapped for money with all the lawsuits. So you set us up for the high seas. I think that's where Enbridge really messed up here is that they didn't have enough Instagram influencers involved. Yeah, dude. If there was just, like, some absolutely anarchist anorexic woman like um slip and sliding down the oil pipeline <laughs> this wouldn't have happened <laughs> <laughs> or you know what? a wholesome plus size model or whatever True. hashtag that's what, that's what we really yeah, need that, that's, that's what really i'm gonna say Matthias. that was that initial thought was very passe and misogynistic of me yeah. sorry <laughs> You violated the contract, Matthias. You are not to apologize on this podcast. The, the point is, the Enbridge, uh, the Enbridge Incorporation needs to be more body positive. Um, yes, the where? body of Mother Earth. <laughs> Namaste. 
You please don't work for Enbridge. That's that's going to be their new marketing campaign. No, I, I I want Matias to be their PR person. I think that's a great. Idea. I think that'd be fucking amazing. Yeah. So where do you uh, where do you guys think this lawsuit's going? Which Probably one? Nowhere. Yeah. You know, the one against the state or the, the one, one the one against Enbridge <laughs> that Dana just filed. Well, well sure. anyway, so it, I, I, there's also some verbiage in the article about how um, there's like Democrats are mad about because it, it seems like there's like she's playing governor, uh, the the attorney general by doing the lawsuit because this wasn't exactly a state sanctioned lawsuit. Do you read up? Do you read about that part? No, I don't. Th- I think that was thought- the Chamber of Commerce president who said that. Chamber of Commerce, yeah, yeah. What, so, what do they mean playing Democrats, playing governor? Because I'm pretty sure Whitmer. Was it pretty much expecting this, expecting her to do this? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. There's just yeah, some stuff. Yeah, AG about. is part of the executive branch, anyways. Right, right. and exactly. But so it's someone like, said I, that. I mean, was it the, was the commerce? It was the chamber yeah. of commerce guy. Well, well, right. what, what I, I mean, read about people, like last week was uh, when Enbridge filed the lawsuit against the state of Michigan. Whitmer was like. Yeah, like we were supposed to have these negotiations, but then mm-hmm. I found out that they were suing us. So, yeah, Dana's going to file this lawsuit against them now. Yeah, like go yeah. for it. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. So, Dana and we're like, wow, that is so whack that they would do that. <laughs> um, I do think, I do find the dynamic pretty interesting. It kind of seems like um, Dana is kind of the progressive bulldog of the Whitmer administration. Um, it seems that uh, they're using Dana to kind of give space to Gretchen Whitmer and seem more centrist while uh, Dana can go out and kind of um, fulfill these uh, progressive wish list items. So I do feel like she's uh, Dana Nessel. Um, actually, she didn't have anything to do with uh, vetoing the uh, abortion bill. That was all Gretchen Whitmer. But Dana Nessel was really hard um, in the terms of messaging on that. Yeah. So uh, I do, I do think, I do find that dynamic pretty interesting. Like I think Gretchen is more there. centrist, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. The AG oh, just sure. has a lot of power. It's a great position to have a left. They're like, um, it is a great position to have a leftist because you could do a bunch of stuff really fast without having to wring your hands about legislation. Is leftist though? Well, she thinks she's a progressive, but I'm right. saying if you are a leftist in a AG office, you could get a lot of work done very fast. But you have to deal with the bureaucracy instead of actually like dealing with legislation. That is why I'm so excited that Kamala Harris could be the president because she was a progressive prosecutor too. Oh yeah, the most progressive. Yeah, Pro- progressive is that if you don't uh, progress to school on time, you go to jail. Yes, you progress from uh, you know uh, like state supervised visits to you know maybe jail time um and then your kid goes to foster care and becomes a drug addict and what's what's wild is like i, I think she well we should talk about this more but i think she's the main gonna be a main threat to bernie and oh yeah um, also like people are gonna try and argue about it but like it's very easy to be a progressive ag in san francisco and she wasn't like there is yeah, headspace dude. they there are where you could do it they're but... like literally the most culturally left city probably in the country yeah mm-hmm. i mean and people are gonna apologize for a past and say you know there's certain things you have to do in san francisco you could do a lot of stuff not joe without... biden joe this, biden will not apologize for this anything. this is a discussion that i definitely want to have yeah, but we're gonna save it for the last segment <laughs> cool. yeah i'll just think of joe biden's teeth until then to get myself wrapped up <laughs> Shining like God's eyes. I saw the face of God. Joe Biden's teeth can make an atheist a Catholic. 
<laughs> or the other way around. Yeah, the other way around. Yeah. It might even make an Irish. <laughs> you have seen a problem with the Irish? <laughs> I have a problem with the Irish. Do not even get me started. So is this case going to the, the Supreme Court, the, the Michigan Supreme Court? Or um, where does it go first? Legal well, experts? The circuit court, right? Yeah, the Ingham County Circuit court. court. But, you know, you have you have two different lawsuits going on here. The Enbridge one against Michigan, and then, you know, Michigan's against Enbridge. Just so. to the Magi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do they just, like, run into each other and, like, cancel each other oh, out? God, or? You were well, um, uh, fuck, where did it go? Standoff. Except, except that it's not because it's the legal system. And so instead of two people with drawn guns staring at each other, um, it's two lawsuits that will take probably years, years. to, you know, really make any meaningful the progress. I'm sorry, I can't, I, I can't help but, like, you know, think that Alex is right and this will mean absolutely nothing. Because, you know, like Obama made an executive order for, uh, what's it called, in North Dakota to cease construction yeah yeah Yeah. and they did not and there continued to be um state guard there just blasting protesters yeah capital finds a way but these uh lawsuits do provide opportunity for organizers like us on the ground like if we like if this delays any type of you know re uh redigging of the pipeline that's a win so, like, a delay is a win because that gives us more time to organize. That gives us more time to uh, get people involved in this that uh, really um, could do well for us in the future. I don't know how expert. I don't know how long these things take. But, I mean, it could also, the flip side's true, where they're threatening about making it safer. No, we're not going to make it safer. So, you've got a pipeline sitting there while legal, legal process happens with the pipeline that hasn't been upgraded or removed. So, I, I think... The fact they're in legal limbo could be not the best, but I don't know how long it usually takes to have a lawyer here. Gotta get more lawyers on the podcast. You know. I know a lot of lawyers. Well, it's a shame Joe's not here. <laughs> I was going to say social yeah. Joe needs to get here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, was, I was talking about Joe Hardy. Oh, uh, oh he's he, a lawyer? Well, he's, well, he's, not, he's not a lawyer, but he is a law student. Oh, okay. In fact, he's working, uh, I think he's interning with the Washtenaw County Prosecutor this summer. Oh, very yeah. cool. That's good. Look, yeah, law students are happier. Wanna... So yeah, usually when it comes to uppers yet, yeah, yeah. Well, usually <laughs> when it comes to legal matters on this show, we I try to defer to Joe. Um, but moving on to our next story here, uh, the Boston-based furniture company Wayfair um, was hired. Uh, by a government contractor to furnish uh, Trump's concentration camps um, near the U.S.-Mexico border. And the many employees at Wayfair were, um, I mean, obviously and understandably very, very upset by it. So were they, they going to be gold toilets? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. They, uh, the employees at Wayfair, uh, hundreds of them signed a letter to the company and staged a walkout a few days ago, which was pretty exciting. Thug life, sunglasses, gif. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This was like some sorry to bother you shit. Like I was really, I was like, yeah, and then we're going to find out that this company actually is turning people into horses. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The Trump administration is turning people into horses. They need all these kids. I wonder how many companies companies have contracts furnishing Various parts of like the concentration camps. Everything there is being 
um, contracted out. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, there's and, no way that the government is producing yeah, anything no, here no, outside not. of, I mean, and all, you know, hot dog neck profit, ICE agents. A lot of them for-profit institutions to begin with. But it's Thank like, you. how do you even get that contract? Are they just like, hey, let's look to Boston. Those people won't give a shit. Well, yeah. when, um, <laughs> well, well when, they won't because they're fucking Irish. When former chief of sta- uh, staff John Kelly is on your fucking board of directors, yeah. I mean, that probably gets you the contract. Yeah. Easy, right? yeah. Fucking scumbags. What I, what I thought was really funny is uh, Wayfair's uh, Wayfair's leadership team, in an unsigned response to protesting employees, uh, wrote that it was quote proud to have such an engaged team that is focused <laughs> on impacting our world in meaningful and important ways. But that, get back to fucking work. What is that? It is com- <laughs> it is it is company practice to fulfill all lawful orders. So uh, shut the fuck up. What we're doing is legal. Lawful so. bad, yeah, lawful <laughs> evil response right there. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and they rolled like a three when writing the response. <laughs> the other thing they said though was like we think it's important to respect diversity of thought mm. within our organization and our customer base. So basically they're saying like you know. There are two sides of this issue. So some of our customers think it's really good to put children into concentration camps, and we can't make them angry. Corporate diversity is... uh I'm sure it's something else, yeah. The funny thing about Ameri- like just American generals, like diversity of thought, right? Like basically your political opinions are like also race. Like I'm a white guy, but like I'm a Republican and all my friends are Democrats, so like I'm kinda like I understand what it's like to be black, you know. <laughs> like, they'll use that rhetoric online, like you see this on Facebook, like why are you attacking for my beliefs? Like I'm just like uh, you know, that that's real racism. And like diversity of thought team, like yeah, we're gonna hire one fascist this quarter. No black people. We 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 are more concerned with uh, diversity of ideology. So one fascist, one eco-fascist. We're also gonna hire a uh, Strasserite. We're gonna hire just a regular fascist who still thinks it's 1940 and they're in power. And then we're gonna hire a normal Republican. So we got all the bases covered. Diverse. Very diverse team. Uh, one of the one. Is there a Ron Paul voter? Mm, yeah, very important. Mm. Ron Paul voters. I'm not a fascist, but you know, if you have to push me. Hit I am. <laughs> if you have to push me with your pinky, I'll vote for one. I swear to God. Yeah. Soon we're gonna get the Raytheon brand uh, Girl Scout cookies. So. Oh, I have a friend. I have a friend that just got hired at Raytheon. That, that company. I wonder what kind of like. It's like I assume they make furniture for houses or offices. Did they say make some really sh- extra shitty furniture so we can send it to a concentration camp? Like, yeah. Watch, what you're doing now, do it way worse. <laughs> I love like all the fucking. Can you guys like make a shittier version of this? All the fucking shithead conservatives on Twitter are like, don't you? You libtards want these kids to have beds and stuff? Uh, like, no, we just don't want them to be in fucking prison. <laughs> yeah. For fucking for the equivalent of a speeding ticket, for God fucking sake. Oh my god, I just realized that when I said abolish prison, I'd also be abolishing prison gyms. That's messed um, up. I don't agree with that. I want people to be in shape. I'm big on <laughs> I'm big on prisoners being healthy. So like I, I think we need to keep prisons now. because there's gyms and libraries. Actually, in them. I have a good I have an idea. <laughs> we should just put everyone in prison and that way we can you know, that's how we'll deal with the obesity problem. Yeah. Then their needs will be met. <laughs> and right? and yeah. also also you can force people to go to libraries instead of, um, you know, going to Facebook to decide if Obama is a uh, Kenyan or not. And 
you know, people might <laughs> be more intelligent. actual books. Yes, they're going to have to actually read a book and understand that Kenya is a country and not a continent. This says a lot about society, that people just, they're on the phone, and we phones exist, and they have the internet. It's... In the society. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny that uh, you got, we all want to uh, upend capitalism, but we all have phones and recording with technology. Yeah, seriously. We're such Do you see the DSA and Prim? Yes. The what? Oh my god. DSA Anarcho Primvis Caucus. Get out. Which is funny because like Anarcho Primvis isn't leftist. Like it's uh, the only way to get to the end from state of mind is to kill most people. <laughs> you have to kill most people if you want to live in a primitive society. So like that's like that's like objective number one. And also like the, they could the, just move to Antarctica. The Karl right? Marx that, that's what they would want to do, right? Yeah, to the, move somewhere yeah. where there aren't people. The Karl Marx of end prim is the Unabomber. <laughs> who, I mean, I support saying I'm, okay. I'm about, listening. <laughs> but anyways, the, the Unabomber like hates leftists. He also hates Republicans. He just wanted he shot his guy in helicopters when they drove by. He just he's like most people have to die. The world's moving too fast. Uh, well, but apparently it's part of the DSA now. So, hey, sounds Great. awesome. Um, I have grand. read that he he is correct. At least ninety percent of people do have to die at some point. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're going to. Thank like, you. They're, they're, we're not going to do anything about climate change. I'm not 90%. here to criticize you, Bomber. He's a fucking minimum. Invariably, Cuba has a fantastic health system, and theirs is low 90s, you know? Like, so you really can't go below that. <laughs> That's what, you know, Cuba says that they're socialists, but everyone there still dies. That's right. You know? Incredible. Charlie Kirk thinking emoji. <laughs> Charlie Kirk is like, everyone in Cuba dies. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> you know who didn't die? JFK. <laughs> JFK Jr. is still alive, guys. His name is... What's his name? For Fresca? No, no, no. Oh. It is, it, 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 there's like a name as... Like, there's this dude... Yeah, that no, they, he like, like shows up to like QAnon events. And they all like take pictures with him. They, I was driving behind a QAnon he does, person. He does not look like JFK's grandson. He is extremely unattractive and like I mean, the thing there's is, no J way that that could have happened JFK in was like it too it's just like in the 60s you could be a 5 and you'd be the hottest guy <laughs> <laughs> like, I uh, they all have shitty teeth if you look at if you look at a graph of um, the development of human attractiveness it looks like a, a graph of global warming in <laughs> the like, 1940s the see, most attractive people were 6s do you see a new Twitter account called testosterone and civil Oh, what? Um, this was fun. Oh, nice I'm songs. very. I'm really excited about this. Uh, oh, uh, I think you tweeted about this. Uh, as, I did. As our um, chronically online guest, uh, so it's testosterone and civilization. I'm pulling up the gif the meme right now so they have a thing um and it shows how men have developed since the 1950s oh my god that i shit was did so funny. i yeah. did tweet so, so like in the 1950s you have it says the average height was like six two everyone had chest hair they Just were huge and then like there's a big black bar blocking out their huge hog they're they're, <laughs> they're 10 to 11 average inch dick. men become more feminine and smaller with smaller penises and then like it shows like it projects 20 years in the future men are have proto breasts and they're gonna be like five <laughs> three but the thing is like when i was like eight years old 
my great-grandma babysat me, and she was like, she showed me all my grandpa's World War II stuff, and he died of a heart attack because everyone back then was frail and a total bitch. And so, <laughs> I'm sorry, Grandpa. I, I saw. <laughs> Anyways, um, I saw some tweet today. She that showed was me his like, military gear, yeah. and I could fit in it. Like I was more big and like ready to fight than this guy. And now I'm like, I could. If I was in World War II, I'm a six-three guy, and like I'm on a modern diet and I work out like once a and week. And you're not taking I like Benzedrine every single heads day. Off with my bare hands. I wouldn't even need a gun. I would destroy D-Day. They could just like, me, me, like three other guys from Ohio, like give us monster, give us some poppers, give us some poppers so we're loose, and we would just let loose. Just completely take down the axes of evil ourselves. <laughs> Forget Yo. the uh, regular um, uh, military food. All you guys need is one bag of pizza rolls and you guys... <laughs> I think that is the difference. Yeah. Right. You know, pizza rolls is the difference. Right, if they didn't have, have pizza just, rolls back then. could have just airdropped pizza rolls into Paris. <laughs> Or but, I mean, Belgium or whatever. And it's so funny, like they think they think the past, like ever so manually and tough, and like yeah, like we're hotter now, we're stronger, <laughs> we're smarter. Like everything is better. Everyone is better at everything now. Yeah. Speaking, hey, speaking of cut up chads, uh, you said you saw a QAnon following. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I was driving behind a, a van. And I like it looked like some Q stuff, and then I, I was like a Q guy. He had like all oh, the Q, thought he had Q, and then like a bunch of our codes on the back. And then I, <laughs> I was like, "Well, see what this guy looks like. He's just a normal old guy." Just really? like he disappointing. Just, just someone's grandpa. Who did he look like? Just like a normal old Give guy. Like he just had gray hair and he was old, and he okay. just seemed, he, he seemed like, like someone Alan who, Moore. you know he he would like be really into baseball and you know oh. annoy you at Thanksgiving. Yeah. Just well, and, I mean, that's like that's thing. Like most QAnon followers, just normal people, normal old people. They're not normal anymore, but <laughs> they're just like they were normal people and they don't know how to use the internet, so now they're insane. You know, in the bad way, <laughs> not in the good way. Yeah, right. Our our brains have been poisoned by the online in a much different way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, we got the we got the good brain damage. One thing, like when teachers in high school, like they focus so much on Wikipedia. At least when I was growing up, like went to high school and like I graduated in 2010, they would just like, focus so much on Wikipedia, like always cite your sources, but they didn't tell you how to like avoid pyramid schemes or blatant propaganda or anything like that. They just said Wikipedia is not as good as a paper book. It's like they really should be teaching people how to identify and deal with like internet propaganda well, you know, and not get caught in a pyramid scheme as soon as you graduate. Like that is pressing issues that no one's dealing with. You know, they say the younger the younger you are, they, they say the more um, uh, sensitive you are to like picking out what's fake news. Like apparently these old people just do not understand. Oh, just hot text, like, bomb text, and Nazi. Right. Yeah, they, yeah, they just don't understand that like WordPress.PatriotNews. EU is like not like a good source. <laughs> like oh oh, Hillary is uh, plotting to uh, bring the Amero into the the one Amero currency. <laughs> That's not right. That's not okay. Obama's gonna make it so the only thing we're allowed to drink is King Cobras. <laughs> Obama's trying to corner the forty market. I'm not gonna lie. Billy Dee Williams already has a cobra. 40 market that's right. what's, what's, what's his Colt 45 Colt 45 that's yeah. right um, 
I was gonna say something. Now I'm just thinking Colt 45 and two zigzags. So yeah, Wayfair, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, congratulations, Wayfair. Keep it up. Well, the employees. I mean, fuck Wayfair employees. Yeah. yeah, fuck Wayfair. Yeah. <laughs> congratulations, Wayfair. Keep For doing effectively it. <laughs> having a bullshit response it is a very big day for the free market of ideas yeah, just, just don't tell oh what's that guy or Andy no or whatever his name is so uh, I guess we're now would probably be good a good time to move on to the next story yes <laughs> um, so Congress passed a 4.5 billion dollar bill uh, to provide more funding to the concentration camps um and I think actually I think I'm gonna have Alex take us through this one because I think Alex has a lot to say about this. All right, so who to blame? There are two people to blame, basically. Well, more like four people, like half the House leadership and basically just Chuck Schumer, um, and and all the uh, like centrist Democrats in the Senate, obviously. Like all the Democrats. No, but <laughs> so not Joe Manchin, right? Well, Joe Manchin definitely <laughs> is involved with this. He's you know scum of the earth, but you know. Uh, there, there was Joe Biden saying that he was going to threaten to kill Joe Manchin's daughter uh, on the debate, so that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's How did I miss that one? Send her to prison. I'm sorry. Send oh, her, that's great. Send her to reconcentration. He was like, "Hey, we got to put all these uh, uh, health executives in prison for doing what they're doing." And I was just <laughs> like, "Oh, you're gonna, uh, no, Biden." <laughs> oh. So I was like, "Oh, you're gonna put Joe Manchin's daughter in prison? That's awesome, I'm dude. Gonna, I'm about you, it. I'm, I'm you, you really like built that up by saying that he threatened to." I thought that this was going to I mean, be like an thought extension. It was, it was one thing when, like, it's Biden... It's though, because he's a fucking male brain, and he's an idiot. Well, I mean, he's like, like he, Biden take Donald threatened to beat up Trump, yeah. but now he's, like, threatening to murder <laughs> Senator's daughter. <laughs> if, if, if Biden... Yo, yo, start, start with, uh, um, what's her name on The View? Biden, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Biden, uh, Megan McCain. Biden, yeah, yeah. Biden recovers from the debate by just, like, acting, like, what... 90% of male voters want to see, which is just like a cool mob boss guy. And he's like, listen, you know, to me, it's all about respect. You know, if you get in my way, I'll deal with it. But I don't want to. I just want to enjoy my family. I want to eat dinner. I want to go home and eat dinner with my family. But it's all about respect to me. It's all about family. And if you step in front of me, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do it in a business sense. I'm going to do it professionally. This is like a scene in The Sopranos <laughs> where Polly literally murders a waiter with a brick because the guy bitches that he didn't tip him at all yeah. on a huge order. No, I think if someone just acted like a mob boss, like that's how people want to see Trump, but he doesn't act like yeah. a mob boss. He's just a slumlord. There are like, there are so many men in this country who watched The Sopranos. Who and like, want Tony to run? Yeah. Yo. These guys are awesome. Yeah, like, yeah, you did not say, take away the right lesson. Facebook is like, put, put Hillary in prison. If Biden was like, you know, everyone, I'll just put people in prison. I don't give a shit anymore. I'll put Hillary in prison. Did, I doesn't got my he teeth. already do that? Like, what? doesn't he already just put tons of people in oh, prison? I don't talk about it, though. <laughs> like, that's, yeah, no, he's that's kind of his deal. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, speaking of uh, respect and um, the mob, okay, uh, that's kind of like how we need to treat this situation. We need to go to these uh, centrist Democrats in the Senate. We need to go to Chuck Schumer, and we have to... Kneecap them. Yeah, we yeah. have to fucking kneecap these... Mo- 
god awful motherfucking politicians. These motherfuckers. Kneecap them metaphorically. Dude, we're not endorsing violence on okay, the show. Correct. But um, <laughs> no, I just I really hate these people. They do not understand politics. They don't understand anything about keeping a coalition like the Senate. Wh- so just to break this down, the House passed a bill. Fund for basically accountability and funding for like humanitarian aid. They wanted to hold these private companies accountable for detaining children and them dying. So if they're in if they're in inhumane conditions, the government can just cancel the contract on site, right? So there's uh, accountability provisions in that in the House bill. There are also uh, humanitarian aid involved with that as well. The House passed that. It goes to the Senate, and of course, Mitch McConnell is. Um, the uh, leader the of the mob boss, yeah. right? He's the mob boss, right? And Chuck Schumer is just like this patsy, just does whatever, whatever Mitch McConnell wants him to do. He he's the waiter that got, ki- that got killed by the brick every time. I I don't think it's that they don't understand politics, so I think that's yeah. a lot of people say that. Like, obviously, well, no, because that's that's when you're supposed to get your caucus together and be like, no, we're going to make the Republicans vote against this. We need to make the Republicans vote against this. We cannot pass another bill. I they passed an other bill that took out the accountability, that took out the um, humanitarian aid. It was just a funding bill to keep trapping children, and like 25 Democrats voted for it. If you're the Senate Majority Leader, you can not allow that you cannot you are you you are the, the senate minority leader i'm uh, rather if you're the senate minority leader you just cannot allow that you need to keep your caucus together you know, especially hate. especially when you have a majority in the house but the thing is okay i don't like a lot of people do it is like do the whole story that republicans understand power and democrats don't and that democrats are just bad politics i think democrats are fine at politics, but I think their issues are more failing, right? Like, I think Chuck Schumer disagrees with Mitch McConnell on a lot of stuff, and he's not a good person, and a lot of Democrats. The thing is, Republicans act and constitute and, like, you know, enact power a lot better because they're all pieces of shit. They're all vile human beings. Like, there's no Republicans who don't agree with this stuff. For Democrats, a lot of them are centrists, and then, you know, us progressives, it seems like they're buckling when really mm-hmm. they're doing exactly what they want to do. Well, it's like, I frame it as a moral failure instead of them just not getting it. Well, I think yeah. you're kind of proving my point, though, because they're just doing what they believe when they should be playing politics. They need to be playing politics. That's the thing. No. They would be a stronger coalition. They'd be a stronger coalition. They might even be able to peel some Republicans, some coastal Republicans, Republicans if they stay strong, if they just stay strong. But Chuck, uh, Chuck Schumer does not know how to be a Senate minority leader. Nancy Pelosi is wholly inadequate. Like, Yo, um, they, they I will suck. say that for all of the uh, hatred that I hold towards her, you know who made sure that Democrats did not break ranks? Nancy Pelosi on the funding yeah. thing. Well, th- that's true. Nancy Pelosi did pass that bill in the first place, and she got the centrists to go along with that. But well, no, I mean during come- the shutdown. Oh, you mean during the shutdown? Like, well, she's done that several times. That's, yeah, that's true. She's like, better than Schumer. So yeah. She's definitely better than Schumer. It's not like yeah. these. It's not like it's like a room of like airheads. I I, I do think that like, you know, I, I was I was just reading. Um, an article earlier where they were talking about some stuff that Harry Reid was doing, and I was thinking, like, wow, this is so great that we have Chuck Schumer now, who is, you know, like, 
All of these centrists really just have more in common with Republicans than they do with progressives. At the end of the day, yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, and you know, they definitely. keep saying, like, oh, no, we have so much more in common with each other. But, you know, like, Joe Manchin was gung-ho voting for uh, Brett Kavanaugh, yeah. you know, and, and I mean, like, just every other bad policy decision that has come in front of him. Joe Manchin votes for with Trump over 50% of the time, right? There should be no fucking room for that in the Democratic it's, Party. It's easier exactly. to build a right-wing coalition than it is to build a left-wing coalition, because libertarians, like, you see how fall, easy they follow fascism. Yeah. Republicans, like, right-wingers, reactionaries, basically believe in the same things, where the left, like, our Democratic Party includes everyone... Every, everything from anyone who's like a you know fiscally conservative and like thinks gay people should live to people like AOC and Bernie and that's like it, it's untenable you know where like you have like Mitt Romney would vote for a hard fascist if it came across and vote with them yeah. but like it's you know well I think part of the reason why it's easier for the right to build stronger coalitions is because like I, a lot. I think that one of the reasons why conservative ideology has been so successful, like over the last several decades, is because it's it's very simplistic and it's very like like no to everything. Like yeah. we can't have any abortions. We can't have any you know undocumented immigrants in this country. We can't have any restrictions on guns. Pro corporate, right? Pro corporate. I mean, like so. Like it's so. It's an ideology that's based around like destruction and dismantling things, which is much easy, easier than like rallying a bunch of people who want to build things, right? Yeah. Because um, everyone has different ideas on how they how they think that I don't know it should if I agree with that because just like um, Hillary Clinton, you know, all she did was run against Trump, and you know, people don't respond when you just say you're going to run against stuff. Like Donald Trump said he was going to, you know, stop the wars. Like that's like a big thing, you know. Well, um, I think he's talking about the like the party dynamic itself, building a party coalition. Well, right. that's yeah. actually what I was going to bring into this is I think the right is just way better at building an infrastructure. You have all these institutions, you have all these right wing buildings that are funding all these think tanks I mean, and groups. It's easier for them to get funding, but also, like, reactionary politics at the end of the day, especially in America, it's... I mean, if you go from a libertarian to someone who supports Trump, you're not going to find that much of a difference, you I know? Mean, dude, like, the past few months, I've been getting, like, Turning Point USA stuff sent, like, to my freaking... Yeah, I mean, they've, uh, indeed, they've more money. my email. Like, but, they have money, and they're shelling out money. But, um, was, like, for what, paid jobs. One thing about Democrats George is, like, Soros. You can't, you can't build a coalition when your party's fundamentally broken, and you're taking in people who are basically Republicans, and a lot of your membership are basically Republicans. Schumer, Biden, Biden's running for president, Republicans. I mean, they agree with a lot of the same stuff Trump does. It's there, like, there are essentially two parties within the Democratic Party, yeah. and the failure to realize that in any like like significant way of like, okay, it's time to draw lines. Like, you need to pick a side. Um that leads to like the left almost always having to compromise because it's gonna blow up if AOC does endorse Doris Bernie because it's gonna draw a clear line in the sand. If AOC endorses someone else, I don't think it, I think the electorate, except for very, very political people, understand that the Democratic Party isn't one party. There's a progressive wing which is far different yeah. from the actual Democratic Party, which agrees with the Republican Party on everything except for the main talking points, which are abortion. <laughs> 
some healthcare, Obamacare style healthcare. But I, I and, think what's the like? Yeah. I think I agree with what you all are saying yeah. in terms of there's a political realignment that's yeah. happening right now. Like, oh, that's, and part that's of it is sure. with Trump. Part of it was progressive wing of the Democratic Party. But we, I don't think it's going to be good for progressives if we just take what we already have in terms of Democrats and Republicans, and we take the moderate Democrats, cut them into a group, and then shove them to the Republicans. That's what? not going to no, work that, for us. What if we, so cut we need them to into actually a group realign. And shove them into the well, I don't think that'll happen. We need to realign everything like so that the there are party. groups the of people. There are groups of people yeah. we're actually pulling from what we consider the quote unquote de- like Republican base. Like we're they're actually lots of people who do not identify as Republicans and lots of people who are like poor folks who just want someone who will actually address the dynamics they see, which yeah. is that this party, this country is fucked up and it's because elites at the top are controlling everything and, and not like not caring that people at the bottom don't have their needs met. And so I think a populist message needs to actually like pull from that base so that we can reconstitute a political alignment well, that I is think- more based on like it's more one percent versus ninety nine percent, rather than it's like class well, all those politics. moderates over there. Well, that's yeah. the strategy that you know Bernie and people like AOC are always pulling, right? They go for the non voters. They go for people who have been so disaffected that are you know tuned out of politics because they offer them something, mm-hmm. right? And I think that um, the, most of the people who vote Democratic are not going to vote for the Republican. Uh, in most cases, because most of the, most people who like despise Bernie don't like just think that just you know like all oh, this stuff is too left. They don't think about it like that. They're just no. like they're there's just a, Twitter people who are twisted by like MSNBC and stuff, right? When you have a lot of identity lives, so they're, who just, say, they're no. just always they're always going to vote for the Democrat no matter what. I feel like I feel like no matter because they because they, they think the Republican Party is racist, which it is. They believe in climate change because even sensible people believe in climate change, right? right? Like, uh, like I, fifteen I, to twenty percent of uh, Hillary Clinton primary voters in two thousand eight voted for McCain, though. Yeah. So um, there is definitely like a bunch of people that are like, for Republicans. look, y'all. But that's not. I don't want you to make me vote for a fascist, but I will. (laughs) Worrying about those people, worrying about those people in the margins between Democrat and Republican, I just don't think is a winning strategy. I think we need to pull people who are not voting. I mean, the Hillary campaign failed because they were trying to gun for the suburban Republican mom and dad. They should have literally. I'm just kidding. (laughs) They should have figuratively. But the thing is, I think you were talking about the heavily online MSNBC type people who like are anti-Bernie because. Of Bernie derangement in 2016, I think most, I think most people don't like Bernie because a lot of Americans just view politics like American Idol, you know? Right. Like, who's giving nice speeches that like, who? Oh, I want to vote for a woman. I want to vote for someone who's like, it's more like surface level politics than like, oh, here's how universal health care would, you know, be the biggest thing for trans rights in American history. Here, like all these things, people are looking at the ground level right. once policy know, issues. Once people that, know Bernie's the bell of the ball, like they're going to run to him. Yeah, I mean, if Bernie won the primary, people would vote for him, but I don't think the average voter, you know, if you talk to your mom or dad, if they're not that political, they would just say, oh, I like them in the debate, or I like the stuff I heard about them, or, yeah. you know, I want to vote for a woman. You know, and it's like, a lot of Americans' political engagement is very surface level. Right, right? well, I think, yeah. you know, I think Sanders would be a lot, I think it would be a lot more popular than he is right now, if you know, even, if even like a quarter of the people of this country actually had any real class analysis 
this, right? Well, and that's the thing. If you if you if Bernie did win and we got universal health care, that engages the electorate because then you have a tangible thing you receive from a president. A lot of people vote for Obama because they want change. They want things that they wanted something. They didn't know what it was. So if a progressive candidate came in and gave people something, they could say, oh, politics could be a weapon for me to actually get things to make my life better. Right. And then people might start voting along those lines. Because now American politics is essentially just a reality TV show for right. a lot of people. And that's how the media covers it. No, that's got to be the strategy. Yeah. I definitely agree. And to, something I just thought of to your concern, Dinah, uh, about just, you know, um, just taking the Democratic Party over. Well, of course, that's not, you know, what uh, we want to do and what we're talking about doing. Like, we need to build an infrastructure just like the Republicans had. And we need to build that infrastructure that is on top of the Democratic Party that pressures the Democratic Party to do our will. So we need to elect more people like AOC, Ilan Omar, and Rashida Tlaib. We need to, uh, you know, uh, get these people, more of these people in office, and keep building this, uh, you know, organizing infrastructure that we have been building, uh, such as a DSA and uh, Bernie's campaign. Um, but do you build within the Democratic Party who actively? Uh, ostracize Democrats. Well, that's or, why you have. Well, that's why you have the outside infrastructure to pressure those in power. Yeah, I mean, I. So why, that's what's the le- that's what the left is lacking is an institutional, organized fashion to push against uh, special interest in D.C. So I mean, the left has failed in building a lot of things. The left failed on YouTube, which is radicalizing. That's agents. not so much anymore now, though. But like. you know, still the right is winning on YouTube. They're trying. Is, well, the left is trying to make a comeback. You yeah. know, you got means tv yeah. and the surfs the left has failed to build a lot of infrastructure the right has built and gen z is getting a lot of gen z people are conserved because of it you know mm-hmm. uh we have like podcasts which mostly service millennials um but you know do you, how do you want to build things what do you want to affect do you want to change the democratic party or do you think the democratic party is going to split if there's no recession or if they lose again because that's totally possible well my whole thing yeah. is we got to do an all um in uh, all of the above kind of approach to these things. And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before the podcast too. There's room in the movement for everybody, you know, and everybody has a place. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be an electoral aspect to any movement. There's always, there always has been in uh, political history. I mean, but some people argue that if you're not, it's like if you're working with Democrats and it does compromise you at all, like the climate crisis, like you are, we're reaching a breaking point where things have to happen fast. So if you're compromising and slowing things down to deal with Democrats, is that sacrificing your movement and sacrificing the plan in the you know in the process? The point is, yeah. we're going to have to create a, a majoritarian yeah. coalition to make or, things happen yeah. anyway. Yeah, so it's it, you, you know I don't do I don't think party. that the answer yeah. is oh we compromise to get those people. Yeah. It's like how are we going to get as quickly to the the majority yeah. that we need to to make things happen? I think that uh, you can work within the Democratic Party, but I think that you know it definitely wouldn't hurt to you know, like, make it very clear that withdrawing from the coalition completely is an option. Because, you know, that's what they cannot stand, the idea that they would lose. Well, that's where the pressure of um, uh, the outside infrastructure comes in with that, right? Yeah. Like, if you, if it's a powerful thing if you could, on the spot of a dime, get 50 or so people to an event. You know, like, that's, like, a big deal. 
You so need a like, Tea Party type movement exactly. for the left. You need a movement. The DSA is not a political party, but like you need something that actually has political capital that could actually enact its will on the Democratic Party. You have the progressive wing, but like if there's something that organized people outside of the Democratic Party. Right, so that's exactly yeah. right. So you have people like AOC who are working at that level. You have people like DSA who are, uh, you know, doing things at the more local level. And then you have uh, Antifa doing things that are more militant. You know, like these are the, the kind of things... Milkshakes. <laughs> these are the kind some of things some milkshakes actually. that, uh, you know, consist of a movement. That's true. Every single uh, movement for change has consisted of these three aspects. So uh, a few days ago, uh, the Democratic Party uh, had their first round of, of debates. And uh, that was pretty fun to watch. Well, at least the second one. The second one was fun to watch. Yeah, the first, <laughs> one sucks. first one sucks. shit. <laughs> Um, I kind of like both. Do of you them. think it was? Do you think the um, arrangements Guilty were look. intentional? Because a lot of people are contending that they might have been. Uh, no, they. Well, each like each campaign uh, drew randomly. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are saying the way it worked, the way the cookie broke. He had Warren against basically an open field, and then he had the Kamala opportunity attack by, and it worked out pretty well for the DMC. I don't know, but. Wow. Do you think the DNC wanted Kamala to attack Biden? Uh, I do not know about that. I think they would rather have... I don't know. Really? Because I, th I think that a lot of Democrats, in talking to a lot of like more centrist Democrats, I think a lot of them did not share the opinion of a lot of progressives that Biden was like a fucking walking dumpster fire, just like waiting to get hit. I think they would take him with Bernie. And I, I think oh, they, they would. Yeah. That's why they, they love Warren. Now. They don't want. I think they would rather have other people in Warren too, though. I mean, duh. Yeah. She's, she's not going to win. She's yeah. a fucking nerd. I can't believe we're talking about DNC corruption and not talking about justice for Andrew Riang. Like, what the fuck, guys? You say Andrew Riang. His fucking mic was off, guys. <laughs> he was shot off his mic, so he didn't like. <laughs> I think Williamson claimed the same thing. Yeah, didn't no, William, shut up, soy boy. Williamson said the same thing. Yeah. You guys, though, I think, I think I'm pro Marianne Williamson. Yeah, no, I, I mean, like, I non-ironically totally support. I already donated to her campaign. I'm all about the good vibes, dude. I'm gonna be honest. I find it a little threatening that such an idealist is turning away. All you materialists, and I'm a little concerned. <laughs> you know what? There anti, is something uh, wrong with the spiritual fabric yeah. of our nation. She's mm -hmm. anti boycott Israel, though. She wait is that is that true? She is. Uh, uh, she's she's canceled. Yeah. No. Canceled. I said so. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, she, she's probably pro like a spiritual sanction of Israel. We need to. We need to. We need to mentally quarantine Israel. <laughs> I, I would love. I would love to quarantine Netanyahu in literally any way, shape, or form. So yeah, I would go for that in like two seconds. She she, she thought that she wouldn't be able to watch Curb Your Enthusiasm if we uh, boycott Israel. So she that <laughs> <laughs> was her whole reason. She's gonna apologize it for her later. Yeah. Well, if you, if you give uh, BB some of those uh, mood crystals, maybe he could like. <laughs> Um, he could, you know, do some like magic on the uh, on the uh, prosecutors in his corruption case, and you know, wiggle his way out of that before the next election. 
Oh, Jewish witchcraft. That's so, a fabulous stereotype. Oh, come on. That's a fabulous stereotype to encourage. Yeah, fat Palestinians, anti-Semitic. That's another great stereotype. I think if we're going to attack the debates in chronological order, she didn't speak till the very end, so we should start from the beginning. Because <laughs> very end, they really didn't learn to talk till like, what, Yo, the last that was minutes. bullshit. That yeah. was half an hour where she did not have a single word. And that, that actually goes for, like, everyone, though. Because I was very disappointed that, like, Andrew Yang got three minutes to talk. I think that the this, that, that there sh- could have been a good discussion on universal basic income. That's kind of his fault, though, isn't it? Because you had Chris and Gillibrand, like, interrupting all the time and getting her say. You know, I just think you got to be more um, aggressive. Aggressive, yeah. Andrew Yang is... Um... Same with Marianne, mm-hmm. if you want to talk. Yeah, that's you know, true. And I think that's where Bernie kind of fucked up thursday as well oh is i think God. he definitely he could have been a lot more aggressive uh, you know, than he was say he's talking over women that's the yeah exactly and well you know uh kristen Gillibrand interrupted everyone <laughs> no one complained about that no i mean that's that's what you get for being a woman yeah exactly <laughs> yeah we've been talking over you dinah how about you get the floor for a little bit yeah i'm just gonna talk for the next 30 minutes how about that yeah cool go for it i don't like kristen Gillibrand. she's so shrill <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> okay, though I did, I did hear on even I don't remember whose Facebook page it was, but somebody like here in Lansing posted about like yes, if if the only thing I got to watch was Kamala Harris tearing like shredding Biden apart, that would have made it worth it. And then someone commented that was like, I thought she was too angry though. Oh my God. <laughs> You know, they don't even. Yes. You know about Fuck the they say really good joke. In anger. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, really good joke. It says it was great to see a cop finally take down an old white guy. Yes, <laughs> I did really like that. Um, actually, I, like that. He, I did call her a pers- prosecutor, which I became like, a public yeah, defender, and, yeah. you and you were a prosecutor. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, Biden. But still, I mean, she was a very not good prosecutor. Yeah, yeah. No. I, I, um, I wonder if Biden's going to make it to the next round. I don't no, think so. Do you think he drops out before the next Ooh. debate? I that think, is so I think, hopeful. That I think he's so optimistic. These, I, I hope a lot of these guys drop out. Do you want to do a, go around the table? Who needs to drop out before the next? Or who debates? do you think's going? Yeah, who, who's going to be the next person to drop out? Dinah. Oh, oh the next. Person. The, like that's that the first person. Really There's too many people. Who do you think's going to make it? That Ohio dude who said that Tim the Ryan? Taliban attacked us. Oh, Tim Ryan. If I learned anything from the debate, it's that Tim Ryan is dumb as shit. When they were. When they were going down, they were going down the line asking asking each candidate, "What do you think is the biggest national security threat to America?" Like they were all like, you know, climate change, nuclear war, climate change, climate change. And they get Russia, to him, he's Russia. like, "I gotta, I, I gotta say something different." China, they're wiping us up. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what, what he, he said, didn't he? he? Said yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was so like, much weird stuff, wrong. just like imperial stuff about like Iran, North Korea, and like demagogues. Like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, we live in a you know a room full with the tickets like two thousand dollars there. You're all billionaires, millionaires, but right. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, that exchange between Tulsi and Tim Ryan was very indicative of. The Democratic, uh, you know, like rank and file line on foreign policy, which yeah. she does not follow uh, because, you know, whatever. But, um, you She's know, a I tad mean, more progressive. When Marianne um, brought Latin America, you know, yo, switched over. Yeah. 
That was good. You're not allowed to talk about Latin America. It's funny. There's a thing that radicalized me, Latin American history, professor of socialist, and he's like, bet you've never heard any of this. Because in American high school basic core yeah. history, don't touch it. Because no. there's nothing you could talk about in Latin America that makes America not look like an imperialist fascist state. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So as soon as you bring it up, it's a topic you can't talk about with democratic language. You can't say, oh, we were helping them out, or we could do this or that. No. We're, we're enforcing genocide. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I thought that it was very cool that she did say, like, oh, you know, maybe we're involved with why these people are coming here. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Like, I will say, you it, know, I will say it was also really important how uh, Tulsi uh, got in there, how uh, Saudi Arabia is, like, protecting Al-Qaeda and yeah. really fucking up all this stuff. It, it would have been badass if she talked about how we're basically serving as Al-Qaeda's uh, air force in Yemen. You know, like, th- that's just and the kind of stuff I can't stand. The thing and, about, we, and we're uh, ISIS's air force basically in Syria. And the thing so, about Biden leading on the Obama administration, these problems everyone's talking about, dude. the camps... No one talked about the Yemen crisis, but like the Obama administration built a lot of these issues. And well, Sanders mentioned them. it. Yeah. Well, he, simply to say that he was the one who led the vote uh, for the resolution against uh, aid, yeah. Yeah. aid to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. I mean, the Obama administration was a nightmare and created a lot of these issues that we see today under Trump. Trump and Obama gave the executive more power. Like Obama directly led to the Trump era and built a lot of the stuff that Trump is using to inflict greater evil than Obama, but That's still, true. it's like... Alright, who else needs to drop out? Obama. John Delaney needs to drop out. Oh Absolutely. my god. Who was that guy? Was he the guy who talked to a caveman? No, He's no, that guy. was Michael Bennett. Yeah, Michael Bennett was like, I would like to say... <laughs> <laughs> it's like JFK on uh, Quaaludes. He was like... <laughs> my fellow Americans were going to go to the moon. Yeah, it's going to be so good up there. I don't know if it's made of cheese, but when we go up there, we're going to have people up there. It's going to be at least three people. That's how many you need to operate a spacecraft. And it's going to be good. Everyone's going to be like, hell yeah. And it's going to be so shit. And be- this is why I hate the debates, because I feel like I can't watch them without immediately just focusing on like how people sound and how people look. And like I'm looking at Amy Klobuchar and being like, All right, is one eyebrow higher than the other? And then I'm like, this is fucked up. Why uh, do I care about I like this in Bernie, my future president? She's got like Bernie's just ugly. Bernie's just so an shrill. ugly old guy. And that's it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like you just look at me. He's like, hey, I like it. It's fine. He's, yeah. There's nothing. He's just a guy who's real old and he doesn't look great. And it's cool. He I just rubs a balloon that. on his yeah. head every morning. Yeah. Yeah. He's not trying to put up a veneer of being Actually, someone nice. Wait, are you talking about Jay Inslee now? Or that would be amazing, amazing if you try did that before yeah. the next day. Well, like, I mean, his, his, uh, he's going around the carpet just like rubbing his feet as far as... The first always like... Bernie Stylist is like, will someone get me a doorknob? Bernie Stylist is just, I need to touch a doorknob. Bernie Stylist is like, people love ugly, man. Just go out there. No, I'm not going to do any makeup. Keep your hair how it is. Whatever. You're old. Go off, king. Yeah. <laughs> Joe At least Biden his teeth isn't blinding. Yeah. Aren't blinding. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah, Joe, that's the thing. My dog, she's a puppy. She, when Joe Biden's teeth came on, I was like Twitch streaming thing. She like climbed onto my lap. I was like, her, her, his teeth have blinded my poor innocent puppy. And now she, she has to look at me to calm down. I was like, you not like Joe Biden, honey? <laughs> that sentence is amazing. I just want to highlight that. What? Do you not, not like, like Joe Biden, honey? 
<laughs> Sweetheart, do you not like Joe Biden? <laughs> okay, but I do want to hear more about your take on like why you think he'll he'll drop out before the next whatever debate. Oh, honestly, uh, well, okay, I think it would be very intelligent of him to drop out. I think well, that, yeah, that but I think that that would be the would have been um, really intelligent for him to just not have run the first. <laughs> exactly, place. so we can't count yeah, on that. It would have been very intelligent to not fucking be like Oh my gosh, Jim Crow was my best friend in the 70s. Um, <laughs> he, he, talked, he talked at, uh, at Storm Foreman's uh, funeral. He, he, never oh called, he never called me boy. Like, damn, Joe, I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder you, why. You ever look in the mirror, dude? It is but, insane. That remember how you keep calling yourself Irish? In 2019, you had at the Democratic debates a candidate to be the nominee for president. Talk about states' rights is a segregation issue. Oh. It's unbelievable. The and it's a, perfect, it's a perfect encapsulation of what we were talking about before with this you know, fight in, in the Democratic Party. There's You have everybody basically adopting Bernie's platform, and then you have people like Joe Biden, uh, um, Tim Ryan, uh, Delaney. De- John Delaney, yeah. and uh, Hickenlooper, John Hickenlooper. So, you know, like, that's that's kind of... Could you not walk back on raising your hand in universal health care, though? <laughs> of course you Do you hear about this? Yeah. She, Who? Yeah. Kamala, they, they interviewed after her, and she's a lawyer, so she was like... Uh, she claimed to, like, not understand the question. She said... That actually, I uh, both did and did not raise my hand. Um, <laughs> she doesn't There's actually a, a loophole that I saw in the contract and, on this uh, debate that a, means that... That the stances I take on the stage are not Binding. It's going to be. Exactly. Exactly. I, I have implemented uh, Schrodinger's uh, <laughs> a response law so that anything that I uh, say on this stage, I can actually take well, back immediately. Thing. Everybody raised their hand when they said, "When your will your health care cover undocumented people?" I think yeah, there was no. There was no expectation to defend your answer or provide why. Because, like, private insurance, you're an undocumented insurance, and if you're undocumented, you cannot get private insurance. You can't. Either you're either risking exposing yourself or working a job where you need to sign a W-2, which you cannot do. Right. So Biden's plan wouldn't cover undocumented immigrants. Anything that went from private, the transition thing that they talk about, which is just a coded message for Obamacare, that wouldn't cover them either. The only thing that would cover immigrants is full universal health care where you walk into a hospital and you're taken care of, yeah. which is only Bernie is proposing. I just got a great idea. Okay, we change it, but we need to reform Obamacare. It'll cover everyone, but instead of actually giving you health care, if you get sick, a drone comes and just murders you. <laughs> <laughs> so you, they gave them a bunch of questions that they're able to walk back on or they don't have to provide any context yeah. for. And they also provided a bunch of questions that are just bait for Fox News. So it's MSNBC just shilling for Fox News. They were just like really just framing a lot of these questions as like they're talking Republicans. as bad as yeah. possible. Yeah. How are you going like, to pay for it? But how are you going to pay for it? Yeah. Exactly. No, yeah. no, and, and, I wanted to. No, Rachel Maddow's Meadow said the words police related shooting, referring to yeah. Pete Buttigieg's district. She said, Yo. there has been a police related shooting in your district. And then Pete Buttigieg mirrored back, shooting. yes, there was a police related shooting in my district. They're using fascist coded language in the Democratic debate, and Ma- and Maddow went after Bernie Bunch, saying like, "Oh, you were misquoting him, saying you said this, making the audience laugh." Like, right. MSNBC is a cap. I wonder what she omitted from that I mean, uh, 
section. Dollar of NBC, MSNBC is a billionaire. Rachel Maddow is a millionaire. They uh, they have vested interest in the centrist wing of the Democratic Party. Right. They do they do not want anyone to the left of Warren. Which, <laughs> right. No, yo, I would love to see someone just roundhouse kick. Uh, Chuck Todd right in the face. Oh my Holy god, that made me so happy. Shit. That made me so happy. God, I, I, I hate that man, and every time I see his face, I'm honestly just like, oh. Yeah, we were just talking about like uh, people who um, we think that uh, are going to drop out before the next debate. Based on looks alone. Yeah, based on looks <laughs> alone, about, which is what the debate is about. Amy, let me just be Get honest. off the stage. People, how about these people who are polling at 1%? Before the debates, who you guys think made a good impression? I want to talk about um, Eric Swalwell. Actually, I thought it was actually pretty awesome how um, past the torch thing. Yeah, no, that was fucking that rad. That was that was rad. Um, when he said <sighs> that stuff about uh, I don't agree. Well, it wasn't that rad, but I, no, the thing is, like, he's he just like he was just saying like you he, when I was this years old, Joe Biden said this, and like, that's just funny. The framing like, is a generational warfare thing. I don't like that. Yeah, either, it's but. how you could get away with having less progressive ideas. But just the virtue of you being younger. But you there's saying? there's another because there, he's the same as Biden. Basically, let me, let, let me get yeah. to my Eric Swallow appeal. All right, so he he, he like <laughs> totally made um, Pete Buttigieg just about as angry as I seen him that entire night. Oh, that, fire the cop! That, that was footage good, yeah. of him, he was like, "You need to fire the mayor," especially when he's got like the history of already fire or fire. You need to fire the chief, police right? Chief, yeah. He already fired a police chief. We talked about this last week um, for basically just recording uh, race subordinates talking about him you know like that's so Pete Buttigieg we had no problem firing the chief then now he's got a huge problem firing the chief for some reason huh yeah so yeah like Fire the chief. so yeah. he just was so so fucking angry and also just like I thought it was really funny how like um him and Christian Gilbert kind of like have this family oriented campaign I feel like they are really you know gunning for like a sitcom on MSNBC or something <laughs> just trying to diversify the market a little bit like you have you have uh um you have a Swalwell going, partisan bickering in D.C. stinks a lot like my kids' diapers. And you have, like, he had tons of one-liners, just so corny like that. Just dad jokes, basically. The thing is, that, that Eric Swalwell stuff directly led to Bernie saying, young people can't have old ideas, which is true. That was Marianne who said that, well, I Marianne think. said that. Marianne yeah. said that. I mean, yeah, it doesn't... Oh, yeah. Uh, and there's another person there, who though. is polling low who is fucking brilliant yeah she was the most searched uh candidate um really that evening yeah, yeah. marianne williamson was uh, the first and then tulsi gabbard was the most searched for the night previous mm -hmm. thing and peoples in america still have i brought this up earlier they still think that your identity is how who you are representing for many Obama, people this was the yeah. first time they yeah. checked into politics for 20, yeah. since 2016 and Obama mm -hmm. did he represent black America no absolutely not he did not do any like I mean like the Democratic Party that was very centrist and worked with Republicans constantly Yo, the beer summit <laughs> oh he fucking threw that guy right under the bus I mean you, you uh, had, um, yeah, I mean the 2008 the financial uh, Henry Louis Gates Jr. the 2008 oh. financial crash like that was the biggest loss of wealth for African Americans in history. Yeah. In history. And he chose not to bail them out. He chose to bail the banks out who continue to um, uh, exploit and uh, depress uh, black wealth in this country. Yeah. Oh, and mean, not give loans and, right. and, and mortgages for those homes. Right. You know, like 
There is a very intentional urban design in black neighborhoods. Obama all driven feet. by corporations. Yeah. yeah. Everyone, everyone should listen to the uh, Marianne Williamson interview on Chapo Trap House. Yeah. Because yeah. They yeah, they it's, it's, a, it's a long interview. And actually, like, I think that, it, you know, if she's given, like, three to five minutes to explain her ideas... It's like she oh, sounds shit. a lot more coherent. You yeah, are no. a very smart person was, instead of like impressed. the like, you know, her closing statement I thought was lame as fuck. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we need to harness the power of love. Yeah. Um, but when she said that, like people in the audience, like they like went, that, they went kind of nuts. And They're I was like, movie shit. Yeah. They're are like, you serious? I'm gonna call like, the prime minister of New Zealand. I'm gonna say, yeah, yeah, yeah. girl. <laughs> What type of what she believe in? What's her stance? I know she's like a social democrat. Um, well, when she was talking about the politics of love on that or in that interview, she was connecting it back to like Gandhi, MLK. Yeah, like the 20th century like love movements, yeah. revolutionary movements. Yes, whatever, yeah. revolutionary the most important uh, person-based political movements of. The 20th century. I mean, she said at one point, I agree with Bernie on most everything. She said that directly. Her and Bernie are both like old school social democrats. Well, I mean, yeah. she endorsed him in 2016. Yeah. That's kind of like. She, she wrote an open letter to Hillary to like, please drop. Yeah, I was impressed oh, really? with that interview. Yeah. I didn't know that. I was impressed with that interview. She definitely was. I thought she was a little kooky at first. I listened to the interview, gave it a shot. I thought it was pretty. She good. seems way more kooky if you go through all of her old tweets. Her tweets yeah. are, her oh tweets are hilarious. Dude. I love it. Doesn't sound kooky on Twitter. I will say yeah, though, she just... talked about like projecting a um, a golden egg around. She's done acid for sure. First president. <laughs> or, or I'm sure all the presidents have done acid. She did make me cringe though, Who? like glorifying the Trump's probably done acid. Bush probably no acid. way. There is no way that Donald Trump has done acid. There's no way. There's no way, yeah. He, Donald Trump does drugs. He's a dumb guy who has okay, drugs. He's fucking he, fat burners. <laughs> no, he, he, he's, uh, he's probably done, like, a, a ton of coke. That he's way too high class for that, dude. For LSD? <laughs> I'm sure he's... No, no, I mean for well Adderall. It's been reported that he, like, snorts Adderall. It's been really? Well, yes. That's been well reported. Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but what why president doesn't take Adderall? Okay, why don't we? You know, <laughs> Donald Trump posted a video on his uh, Twitter after the first debate of like that mic screw up. Except when the mic screws up, it cuts to like him walking out on like the RNC stage, and superimposed is Crazy Train by Black Sabbath playing. <laughs> um, and Who makes his videos, I wonder? I don't know. And I'm, yeah, they're, they're I'm watching this and I'm thinking like, yo, why don't no, we have him. any of the just fucking hilarious people? Like, why? They should have Jacob. No, Jacob was hilarious. There's lots of funny people that left. Most comedians are left. It's just uh, Trump's president. Oh, yeah. He, he loves Twitter. I, I, I love Stephen Colbert and Trevor Noah. They're not leftists, though. <laughs> I love comedians that are left. <laughs> oh God! Wait, yeah, Steve so Seth. Gosh, what's his face? Seth, uh, Seth, Seth Meyer oh, and Seth McFarlane too. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> oh boy! He's, yeah, that's, that's someone who my uh, my politics <laughs> is formed completely through the lens through the lens of last week tonight with John Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> I do a British accent, but yeah, welcome to last week tonight. Today we're going to talk about your prisons are bad, but they should be 
less bad. <laughs> Just a little. That was a spot-on impression, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, we were talking uh, about... I, you I, should, I, I'm it, afraid I'd actually do a Bahamas accent or something. If I try, I'm, I'm, bad, I'm bad accents. I don't want to get canceled. John Oliver should do a, a research on accents. You know, he'll have a take that's very irate and... Well, he uses a different accent. Bill de Blasio <laughs> did a great job in the debate. Yes, we can Oh, actually, has a that was... Accent, yeah, which is great. Yes, that, was that is very cool. cool. My fellow Americans today... Yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. We will be freed from our corporeal void. No, but Con- Con- Bill de Blasio, guys. Yeah, Con- if, if I... Wait, hold on. If, if Marianne or literally any other presidential candidate promised me that... I could, uh, you know, be free of this mortal coil and the desires of my body. I would vote for them in literally every election, local, state, and national See, for the rest of my scared. life. All right, but didn't you material politics? Didn't you talk about the healthcare plan where a drone shoots you? That oh, sounds yeah. like that to me. Okay, yeah, <laughs> no, that's that's true. So uh, we need to vote for Joe Biden. Exactly. Reform Obamacare. And that's where we um, come to. Okay, Bill De Blasio. Best part of the first debate was watching everyone afterwards just fucking hate on Bill De Blasio. What? <laughs> Awesome. He's got the populist message. Yeah, he's, I wanted to stick around just so he can still talk about like know, the fucking too, elites, and he's, and he's which is kind of funny. People. But and he's attacking people. Yes, out there he too. he did he did like he said some very good things. I don't believe that he can walk the walk, honestly. But I just love. Oh no, he how won. you know? But this is his mo. He always runs super left in his elections. That's actually what he does. And like t- to be fair, he has and then been he a... cries when Amazon decides to <laughs> pull out of their. <laughs> No, but he's you know, been, big slave deal. He's been a, he's been an adequately progressive. He's <laughs> ready to colonize uh, only one part of France. Mayor, I mean, he's been a pretty adequate mayor of New York City. I'd say he got universal child care in New York City. Like that's that's a big deal. Yeah, but the thing is, it's hard to gauge how far left you are in New York because they could yeah. have. Well, uh, yeah, of course, because yeah, Democrats always win, right? So you could have anything. Right, it's definitely a safer seat. Well, and and but people organized what? around him. Like people, people organized yeah. to put him in the mayorship, yeah. like that's to true. take out Bloomberg and Bloomberg put in Bill Blas- De Blasio. Yeah, yeah. but n- the new wave of left just coming up in New York is like oh, so, right now yeah. they're going to replace him with yeah. AOC. Not really, yeah. but someone like Maybe, AOC. Yeah, AOC. I hope not. Yeah. Right, we're not going to yeah, pull we need, AOC, we need AOC from Congress. From yeah, Congress. Because just like every person that becomes the mayor of New York they don't is go anywhere. corrupted, hated, yeah, loathed. And I mean, that's that's why, like, you know, when the pundits, like, come on to talk about the thing, like, they were all like, yeah, Bill de Blasio, someone, this woman was like, Bill de Blasio, he's just very annoying. <laughs> like, <laughs> Commentary. That like, was the commentary. Hell yes. Which, which does actually speak to what you were talking about, about the debate just being like, why are you wearing that? Exactly. <laughs> I just get out of the race. I just don't like your face. Okay, but I do you have think, a bad face. I do think you would spice it up a lot more if like basically if everyone in the audience we like more than 50% of people in the audience push a button at any one time you're just ejected immediately <laughs> out of there just like oh, <laughs> like $10,000 they would eject everyone to the left of Joe Biden that's true yeah we, we need it to be like an online voting system yeah. actually say, um, do you see MSNBC <laughs> covering Bernie after the debate They're like do people even talk about him anymore is he still- <laughs> <laughs> oh when uh, yeah. when, uh, when the Bush uh, when the uh, Bush press secretary what's her name yeah. Andrea or no 
Yeah, like, do people even like carry more? It's funny because like, Wallace, the demographics, right? Like five thirty-eight, which is a centrist institution, right. essentially. Nate, Sil- Nate Silver, unfollow Nate Silver. But they publish the demographics. Everyone's like um, supporters. Bernie has the most diverse coalition, right. and Kamala is woke capital. You yeah. guys know Nate Silver is a uh, Lansing native. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We should try and get him on the pod, guys. <laughs> oh, I would, I would love to talk to Nate Silver in person, especially about this one tweet where he commented that there is no difference between um, Warren and Sanders. And I would love to just ask him, like, dude... You're like a genius or something, right? <laughs> like, riddle me this. <laughs> okay, I can't believe we still haven't talked one's about it. One's a man and one's a woman. <laughs> okay, I still I can't believe you we still idiot. Have... I can't believe we haven't talked about Beto yet, guys. Come on. Oh, oh man. Oh my God. The Robert the... Francis ate shit. Hey, what do you guys? Th- what do you think about it? Remember uh, the original pa- tax co- uh, tax rate of seventy uh, percent Beto. Mayamo uh, Beto. Mayamo Beto. <laughs> that debate sounded that debate sounded like walking into a middle school Spanish class during recitation oh yeah they were honest to God. him Cory Booker and Julian Castro guys. Julian stop speaking Spanish it is, it is Julian. Julian. Julian okay Julian, whatever yeah. That's what I speak American. The J is hard. It shows how uh, how left you look when you run against Ted fucking Cruz. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah, like I w- speaking of Julian Castro and uh, Beto O'Rourke, there was like a really important debate that they had on stage. Yes. About um, you know, basically the basis for child separation. Um, before during the Obama administration, of course they were you know like pretty amoral and they were still having all these like detention centers and they were deporting record amounts of people. But before it was still like amount t- like tantamount to a speeding ticket to cross the border the yeah. first time. It's just... A it, was civil, a, it was a civil infraction. It was a civil, civil infraction, yeah. right? So, Trump goes in, um, and Jeff Sessions' is uh, Justice Department changes the way that the law is interpreted. And now, the law is interpreted that those are not civil infractions, but criminal offenses Mm -hmm. right so that is the basis because oh these people are criminals they're breaking the law we need to separate them from the children right i mean and you know like uh this is talked about uh, all the time on the left you know family court right so like like a lot of people like deal with this family court stuff and they deal with that so they think that like you know they can take my child right why can't they a lot of these people know a lot of these people that's why they're so callous about this because they're like i have if i break the law and i endanger my child they take my child away that's what they're doing well they don't understand right that this is tantamount to a speeding ticket Right. right, their crime They're, is crossing right. into the country like, so to save their family. Whereas right. your like crime to save their is so, uh, leaving the fentanyl out on the breakfast table. <laughs> like, the only way you're able to get messages for... Well, I'm from Ohio, I know about that, but 
the only way that was about you (laughs) (laughs) how's that going by the way (laughs) the only only way you're able to frame stuff in america is when you talk about like the children which is like really annoying because like our immigration policy is inhumane monstrous and something that everyone's gonna hate yeah but but the democrats aren't even being successful about talking about the children like let's talk about the children you can make some change with it they suck at everything but they can't because the left can only talk about these things in terms of humanitarian crises. The the, the refugee uh, wave in Europe when that yeah. happened, it's you know only able to talk about it in terms of humanitarian crisis. Oh, we have to do something. We have to do something. Well, yeah, we have to fucking do something. But you know what is something that should be done is probably look at where these people are coming from, why, why they're fucking coming from there, and Marianne Williamson. Yes, and yeah. how we are the, creating the exact conditions. Which create the crises in which we have these sudden, like, you know, uh, reactionary waves of just virulent racism against people coming en masse... When they don't have to. You don't have to go to Honduras and fucking, like, murder families for no reason. Yeah, and even the war on drugs, like, there's strip imperialism right over to our governments, but the war on drugs, guess what we did? We burned coca fields, which displaced all the farmers, but the drug kingpins were just like, guess I'm raising the price now. Yeah. Like, like, (laughs) oh, gee, that that, that sure did suck for me. You know, this is an important point, too, just because, like, you know, these... This propaganda and this demagoguery, it is working, and there is a reason that it's working. It's because the material conditions on the ground, sorry, Marietta Williamson, but the materials of conditions on the ground make these, uh, there, there's an anxiety. People, more, more than 50% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck, myself included. Mm-hmm. That puts a lot of stress on people, right? And I know this is like, you know, the economic anxiety argument, kind of, but we need to think about it in a different kind of way make it we need to bring the messaging about that and talk about how wages have been stand stagnant since 1970 right like that 50 percent of people are uh, working paycheck to paycheck and we talk about these issues in that manner right we can get away with the demagoguery and racism and we can move towards a political solution such as uh comprehensive immigration reform because the the laws that uh these uh, that the justice department is interpreting that we were just discussing before was written 90 years ago like these are arcane laws that don't work anymore, and it's because of political inaction for the past twenty years well, that we haven't done anything. About so wait, it's are you largely we talk about class stuff before we talk about the immigrant crisis. I'm saying that it all well, needs to be it all it all needs to be an all encompassing argument. But I'm not talking. And about it, I I think I think it it has, it has a lot to do with Matias said too, right? Like we need to deal with all these things all at once. This is kind of what Bernie was saying when they asked him, "You have one you have one shot. You can only get one policy implemented. What are you going to fight?" Like we. We need to have the political revolution. We need to build up the left infrastructure that we were talking about before. And that's the way that we get all of these things done because they all are inter- interdependent and they work together. We change the foreign policy. We'll get less uh, uh, immigration. We, uh, if we, we, have, we change people's lives and give them free health care, expand Social Security. Um, and you know all uh, all these things uh, fight climate change give them a government job there's already the green less. economy the, 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 you have mm-hmm. the political capital to do the uh 
uh, immigration. And stuff there, like there's that. already less immigration than there's ever been. That's well, not yeah, the issue. we have net zero yeah. immigration. That's yeah. like the worst part about all of this. And I mean, so like Bernie's whole thing is, yeah, what the left lacks is actual power on the ground. So like what Bernie's basically dog whistling is we won't kill protesters anymore or arrest protesters, which is you can actually build grassroots movements. But I mean, right. I think there needs to be plans to deal with people being in concentration camps outside of someone allowing for a mass uprising. Like they're, you know, I'm saying like Bernie presidency or you know more material stuff can answer. Like if Biden wins, we need a way to deal with there being concentration camps in our country. Right. Um, yeah, you Maybe know, I hear so. Yeah. I think that um, you kind of thinking about what you just said about like the necessity of like engaging things on all fronts. I totally agree with that, and I think that there is not a real um, choice that has to be made. Like, there isn't a dichotomy, a parting of the ways between, like, thinking thinking about material conditions and thinking about, um, you know, more psychoanalytic factors, spiritual conditions. Um, Because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you're talking about, like, people living paycheck to paycheck, um, and that, that creates, you know, an economic anxiety. And, you know, that is that is an internal condition as well. Right. And these things are inextricably intertwined in a way that, um, you, you know, the, these anxieties provide an incredible opportunity for, I mean, you know, anyone who can just, like, create a, a very convincing narrative and say, like, mm-hmm. oh, if you vote for me, I will solve all of these problems. But the question is, was like, the racism's always been there. We're, we were a country built on racism and slavery and conquest, right? So, like, okay. the economic conditions allow for that to come to the forefront. You tell someone like Trump, who's very openly racist, but this will, like, this is where politics have been all along, right? I mean, yeah. And, like, yeah, sure, you can give people universal health care and stuff, but I think the concept and issue of racism goes beyond a class issue and into more, like, an educate, you know, different things. Like, you don't just tackle that by making white people's lives better or everyone's lives better. Yeah. It needs to be Racism's part of the... ingrained in our politics, our country. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but I think it needs to be part yeah. of the convincing narrative and also part of, I mean, there is a need for, like, when when people struggle together, things things change and i think like i know someone who's organizing in rural washington like in the the same places where like the right-wing militias Mm -hmm. are organizing and she's organizing around a green new deal and she has conversations with poor white folks where she's like look around you at what happened when big corporations came in here and they employed you for a while in the lumber yards and then they left you to die. And now you have 90% unemployment here in this county. Whose fault is it that you're in this place? Is it immigrants who are in the same boat as you or is it those corporations yeah. who left you to die? And they're like, that makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah. I'll get behind you. Yeah. Right. And these so are- I think it's like, you. it just has to be part of the narrative that's like, are we, you know, it's like, telling people about the fact that it's a tool to separate them. And organizing is one way to do it, but not everyone is politically active. So, like, if left overtakes power, you need a massive, massive 
movement that's outside of all this class stuff we talk about like that just completely changes how we educate people on america's history as race definitely you know like how we deal with things you would need to you probably need to put some people in prison too or but yeah i mean like there's a lot of work you need to do and i I think America, if we did become like more egalitarian and socialist friendly, I think we would still be one of the most racist countries in the world. Uh, that's just my opinion. It's going to be tough. I, I think okay. we just need Actually, to send them I, to re-education camps with Marianne yes. Williamson. Yes. <laughs> yes. There okay. is a place for okay. Marianne Williamson. I was, I was just... Uh, Here's the thing. Dictatorships, bad, okay? Uh, Stalin, bad. Mao, bad. Re-education camps, not good. Not good. <laughs> not good. Why? Wrong people being sent to them. Okay, that's it. That's all. Guys. This is just this is what we need to do. I was just telling I was just telling Matthias last night. Um, I have this fantasy where uh, Marianne Williamson wins the presidency of the United States and she establishes herself as an authoritarian dictator <laughs> and um, instit- institutes uh, mandatory meditation. Yes. Yes. I can use that. Yeah. I'm a pretty stressed out person. But I we're uh, we're out of time here, so we're gonna. We're going to wrap things up. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us this oh, week. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, what? I want to say one thing. Just It's going to be quick. I'm sorry. Well, hurry the fuck up. Okay. But going uh, to what you were saying, Dinah, about, uh, you know, a narrative... Uh, you know, we're kind of seeing that now also with um, the way that the whole field of uh, Democratic uh, nominees or Democratic candidates to be the nominee are moving left, moving towards Bernie. And that's the narrative that came out from the debates all around the world. Democrats moving left like people couldn't imagine uh, the, the policies being talked about in um, a, a Democratic debate in 2008 or 20. And the reason is because of Bernie's run in 2016. I think that's a really good thing right so um we're done now um thanks (laughs) thanks for joining us this week um once again please subscribe to our show uh if you're listening on itunes and you like if you like our show please rate us on itunes it'll help more listeners find our show um you can find us on Facebook at State of the Revolution. You can follow us on Twitter at SOTRPod. And if you like what we're doing and want to give us your money, uh, you can subscribe to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Michigan Progressive. I'm Benjamin Klon. I'm Diane DeWald. I'm Matthias Brewer. I'm Alex Sahori. I'm Mitch Sukan. Cool. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.